So, and we are joined now by audio version, Spreaker, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your, uh, wherever you get your podcasts from. So, wow. Haven't done an episode in, um, in two weeks. Yeah, it's about two weeks. I think March fifth was the last episode I did, and there, there, there has been a lot that I um, really want to uh, talk about. Try to condense everything in about forty-five minutes to an hour, so we'll see what we could get get through here. Maybe even an hour and a half, if depending on how the vibe is going. Maybe even two hours. We'll do. We'll see. The night is um, very young, as I as I like to say. But where do we begin? Um, Think if we work our way, because obviously some of this news it's it's um, it's older news, and but I still want to uh, do a comment on it. Um, work our way. Um, I think from from the news. Um, that, that hit earlier on in the day, and this was actually, if I'm not mistaken, this was, um, through the, um, uh, the Corey Graves, uh, podcast, um, after the bell, I believe it was, uh, it's after the bell, uh, where he was interviewing, um, Eric Bischoff, and that's when they... Uh, broke the news to Eric Bischoff that he is going into the 2021 class of Eric Bischoff. Eric Bischoff, who, by the way, you know, as a, as a, I don't know, he's, he seemed to, like, really age the last, I don't know, like, last year or two. And I know that he was working in WWE uh, for a second stint, uh, and it didn't last too long. I, I wonder if... Working for Vince and all of that kind of did him in because he got some grays going on now. He just looks older in the face. I don't know, just me. Nonetheless, though, a legend. Bischoff, la- latest name for the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, before he was confirmed uh, as the inductor uh, for the two time entrance, the NWO. Um, which was, you know, Hollywood, Hogan, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, six. And that was supposed to be for the 2020 ceremony. As that ceremony never took place, and the 2020 class will be inducted alongside the 2021 class. So it's going to be a bigger class, two classes, into one TV event. All those speeches, so you could very damn well guarantee that... Uh, the night will go on and on forever. Um, being inducted this year, also, it's going to be Molly Holly, which I do want to speak about. Uh, the British Bulldog, Bella Twins, ugh, JBL, uh, Jushin Thunder Liger, and Batista. Now, uh, Bischoff's first role uh, was working in American Wrestling Association sales department in 87 that's you know how where he started uh debuted as a backstage interviewer in 89 uh when 
a guy by the name of Larry Nelson became unavailable uh, for a show at the very last minute. So who do you have? Well, you have get the sales guy there, Eric Bischoff. Um, you know, he remained on the broadcast team until the company closed down in 91. So from then on, uh, because of that, Bischoff it opened up the door for Bischoff to be a kind of a, a low-level uh, announcer um, in WCW. Applied for the role of vice president of wrestling operation uh, when Bill Watts uh, resigned in um, 93. Quickly uh, rose up as a senior vice president... You know, which put him in charge of WCW. So, what Bischoff was able to do, Bischoff had charisma. Bischoff was knew how to present himself, knew how to make everyone essentially listen to what he had to say. So, Bischoff convinced the company owners to invest more money, put them on networks against the WWF, and to you know, and to completely overhaul their productions, he lured you know guys like retirement, um, as other well as other talent from other rival um, companies. I think his biggest creation, if you look at Eric Bischoff, uh, that was um, WCW Monday Nitro. Which was the broadcast that was going up? Ah, uh, the times when we're, <laughs> when wrestling, uh, what was phenomenal? That was, you know, when they were going up against, um, you know, WWF Raw. Side by side. Now things truly moved in his favor when he implied uh, guys like. Scott Hall and Kevin Nash had been sent, uh, you know, by WWF to disrupt WCW. That's kind of where it all uh, started for for Bischoff. And the rest, I guess, is proverbial history. Um he he's a dude, a guy that kind of uh, pushed the envelope, right? Holding events in unlikely paces and trying to co create controversy for ratings. It's all about the ratings. Controversy creates cash. So goes the thing. He um. Eventually, you know, with, with all these talents and outside talents coming together, he um, had the this whole storyline of disrupting uh, WCW, which became the NWO and Hollywood Hogan, and Hogan joined this the, the trio, and that stable became one of the hottest acts in modern history. Bischoff helped uh, WCW turn a profit for the first time. And because of that, he was made company president. 
president. Um, things, you know, took a downward turn in 99. Uh, the company did close in 2001. So, he's the guy, remember, uh, Red Hot with competing with Stone Cold. Uh, you had the NWO, and during that time, you know, people talk about the uh, the 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 Wednesday night wars where you're complaining, you're you're you're, you're um, comparing products that are getting less than a million views, and you're you're thinking that this is wars. It's definitely not wars. Um, I remember growing up. That's when you had the wars. When you had um, WCW Nitro and WWF Raw, you would, you know, switch between commercials to see peak what was going on. And, you know, you had ratings of in the three millions, four millions, um, nothing like this, you know, but eventually kind of things did go south and, um, you know, the rest was history where WWF, uh, did become the eventual winners. But Bischoff, you know, after WCW folded, he kind of uh, resurfaced in 2002 as a general manager for WWE's war brand. Uh, his hiring was kept a secret until it was revealed live on air. A lot of fans and insiders, you know, back then kind of, they want to pride themselves on knowing stuff. Well, no one, no one knew. No one knew. People thought that, you know, he was really an on-screen personality only, uh, but they thought it would be, uh, they, they took it as differently. He had no management, no creative involvement. Yeah, um, he, he can, always continues to be kind of blamed for the bad decisions that were made while he was there. Um... He also continues to receive credit for ideas that had nothing to do with him, including Elimination Chamber and Raw Roulette. That has nothing to do with Bischoff. He kept the role uh, for almost three years uh, until he was literally dumped by Vince McMahon into the back of a garbage truck. From that point on, he would only um, make sporadic appearances to promote his book, Controversy creates cash, like we said earlier, until his contract ran out. He did return for a very brief feud with DX and a few one-off appearances um, since. In 2009, him and Hulk Hogan took up management roles in TNA, TNA Wrestling. The next few years would be considered uh, the worst period in the company's history. And Hogan and Bischoff at this point continually criticized owner Dixie Carter, Jeff Jarrett, uh, saying that they, they promoted the company uh, poorly. Um, and, you know, that didn't work out. Sometimes not everything works out. Even the best of the best can't make things uh, happen.
2019, uh, Bischoff became the genuine executive director of WWE SmackDown brand. And, um, you know, that's kind of, I think, where Eric Bischoff aged, where he's been... I remember him always with the with the slick black uh six uh with the slick backed black hair and now he's with the crew cut gray hair going all over the place you know say what you want to say about eric bischoff uh he is so far really the only person to challenge vince mcmahon's hold over you know the professional wrestling industry no one has come close Paul Heyman. As much as everyone loves Paul Heyman, I don't think it, I don't think it's Paul Heyman. Tony Khan. Uh, you guys in AEW, as much as a, of an AEW fan that I am, AEW Tony Khan um, definitely got some um, things to work on. That's for sure. That is for sure. Molly Holly also makes the WWE Hall of Fame. Molly Holly, I think, um, when you look at her, um, her career wasn't uh, that long in WWE. Uh, she was... If you look at her, she was, and you could say the the same for like let's say a uh, a Beth Phoenix, right? She kind of seems to be in the, or she was, a uh, a good wrestler. In the wrong period of time. She was in a period of time in the WWE during her main run in WWE was at a time when you know women's wrestling in WWE was not um, not taken seriously. They were going more so for um, more so for for the looks than um, the actual. Um, the actual uh, wrestling. So there were a couple of things that they did with her. Um, her first major run uh, in the company, Molly Holly, right? Where she joined her cousins, Bob Holly and Crash Holly. This is all obviously not her real cousins. It was her on-screen cousins and... These three, um, the, the Holly cousins, if you remember, they were involved with her feud in, uh, with TNA. Uh, so it was Test Albert and Trish Stratus. Um, so Stratus, Stratus, and Molly Holly worked. That was kind of like the big first thing for, uh, Molly Holly. And who actually, Molly, um, Holly actually says that um, that, that Trish was w one of her favorite to work with. Um, he went back and forth for a good good couple of matches too. 
Um, in 2001, then you had Molly doing um, on-screen uh, a relationship with uh, with uh, with the, uh, with Spike Dudley. Um, I mean, it, it, you know, it, it's remember it's entertainment and. Um, that's what they were going for, and they really weren't pushing women's wrestling all that well. So she would have, I think, thrived, been a lot better. Like in NXT right now, like in WWE right now, in the era that they're in now. And I, I put Beth Phoenix uh, in there as well. But Tori, she also became Molly Holly, which... Um, like Mighty Mouse, remember Mighty Mouse had the gimmick um, at the Cape, <laughs> flying around being mighty, the Mighty Mouse, squeak, squeak. Well, she was Mighty Molly, um, and Mighty Molly, Mighty Molly was um, the sidekick, if I remember correctly, of Hurricane Helms. You know, Hurricane Helms. What's up with that? And you know it, it was uh, <laughs> for what it was. Um, it it is it <laughs> it was co a comedy. It was comedy. Um, you know it again. Wrong era, you know. Wrong era for Molly Holly. Um, she did win. Um, she did have some feuds there with Victoria as well later on. Um, by 2004, that was her final pay-per-view, uh, you know, appearance. I think by 2005, um, she was completely um, done uh, with uh, WWE. So, you know, she even... Or at least it was mentioned or it was said that she kind of left um, in 2005. Because she kind of was disenchanted with WWE. Uh, kind of, again, just for that reason where she kind of felt that uh, she was on the sidelines. And that they weren't really looking at her wrestling ability or focusing on wrestling ability. But rather, um, you know, looks... Um, she also hated that her character, um, kind of became a, a villain or, or a bad character and, but she went on to later deny it. That's, that's what the rumors were, but, um, you, you know, her becoming, going into the Hall of Fame, I have no problem with it. One of the better... Woman wrestlers, um, although, you know, remember that she did have a career um, in WCW uh, before she uh, came to um, WWE. Now, uh, a little AEW that I want to get into uh, as well and um, didn't have a chance to... Um, kind of give you my thoughts on the, uh, the revolution, the pay-per-view, 
the uh, the pay-per-view that they had, which came off as a dud Twitter, um, Reddit, YouTube just completely went off on it. You know, fellow wrestlers went off on it. And uh, just <laughs> everyone went off on it. But, you know, the first kind of, first thing, we've seen uh, Christian Cage, Christian, coming to uh, AEW. He uh, was, he became the big surprise that um, that they were hyping up throughout the whole show that someone big is going to sign, someone Hall of Fame worthy uh, was going to sign with the company. And it turned out to be Christian Cage, Christian. Um, what Christian, you know, uh, and from what I understand, uh, it was um, a full term, uh, it was a long term contract rather. So that that's more than a year. It could be two years. I'm not sure exactly how long. Maybe two or three years. And apparently that he's doing this uh, full time. Uh, he was doing a podcast, you know, after the pay per view, uh, where he said that you know, listen, that he would not be doing this. Uh, he would not be coming into into the ring if he didn't think that he could do it. He would not be coming into the ring. If he thought that he would be embarrassing himself, uh, and if he'd be embarrassing his um, family, so now when you look at it, you know Christian, as as far as him being the the surprise, uh, I think maybe AEW overhyped it a little bit. I think automatically, um, and listen, I, is it? Listen, the internet was running rampant with speculation. No one really thought it would be um, Christian per se as the big announcement. I think a lot of fans felt um, disappointed that that's what it was. Not that they hate Christian. I think if he was um, in addition to, they would have been happy with that. <laughs> not I, I think you know through obviously no <laughs> you know the, the the rumor was what I heard uh what people were talking on the internet is they thought that it would be Brock Lesnar because Brock Lesnar's um merchandise uh, is no longer apparently on um WWE's website and Brock and Brock Lesnar's a uh, free agent so that's who they thought, <laughs> you know, would be um, coming. It was Brock Lesnar. I heard different names. Brock Lesnar. Um, some other names were thrown out there as well. But it wasn't uh, Christian. Uh, it was not Christian. So I think that's where, you know, fans were a little bit upset. But hey, listen. Should AEW be blamed? I mean, AEW wanted people wanted uh, wanted wanted publicity, wanted people to look, keep uh, open up their eyes and take a peek at who is going to sign. Well, let me let me why not buy the pay per view? 
And that's, I'm sure, what happened. A lot of people were hearing, um, a lot of maybe uh, some casual fans were saying, wrestler is supposed to come in this hall of famer former champ let me take a peek let me buy the pay-per-view i'm staying home nothing to do covid and can't go anywhere so i'm sure they got a few buys out of it a few extra eyes and heck maybe some people after they seen the pay-per-view <laughs> hopefully they um decided to stay they decided to stay and uh, watch, became fans. So listen, I mean, you can't blame AEW. They kind of, they wanted publicity and um, people to watch. And that's what happened. People, it, it, it got a buzz. Um, uh, you know, the fans kind of, <laughs> took, uh, the, the fans kind of took it and ran with it. A fool, you know, and they made their... Ex assumptions and speculations on who is who it could be and they got themselves all hyped up that's on them you know that's not AEW's fault they never told you who was coming but um you know and, and as far as Christian Cage uh signing with um AEW again like I I thought that you know Christian Cage would um definitely be um uh uh a lifer. Uh, I thought that when he came back, um, when he came back, I thought, um, and, and you've seen the interaction, uh, it kind of, it, it felt special when you've seen him, when you've seen Edge and you've seen Christian at the Rumble, looking at each other side by side, like, hey, what are you doing here? Full circle. Both guys never thought that uh, they would be cleared to wrestle. To wrestle, never thought that they'd be wrestling again. And there they are. Uh, they were wrestling again at the Royal Rumble. And as a fan, you automatically, you know, kind of um, were having these dream scenarios, these dream matches running through your head. Oh. Edge and Christian, maybe they could team up and they could face uh, guys like uh, the Usos or they could face the New Day or, you know, what if um, Christian went into NXT and he faced this guy and he faced that guy and this guy and this guy and this guy. And I think uh, as, as much as we thought about those dream matches, I think Christian... Thought, was thinking about those matches as well. And um, I, I think it came to a shock. Uh, I think it came to a shock to Christian that uh, they weren't um, able to come to an agreement, him and the WWE. Now, how far did it get? How far did it get? Did Christian maybe want a full-time deal and WWE didn't want to give him that? Uh, did Christian want more money and uh, WWE didn't want to give him that? You know, what exactly caused the um, the, the talks to, to break down, which is something that I don't think we'll ever truly find out until, you know, we get one of these uh, 
uh, shoot interviews um, down the road from Christian when he's long and retired. So it's weird. It's weird. I thought he would be, and I thought the WWE would, and and I'm not saying that they don't, uh, but I thought for one of these guys um, that WWE would go all out and try to make him come back here, and you know he could have been involved in a program with. Edge and Roman Reigns in some regards. You knew that that would be a possibility that they could incorporate them. And um, just didn't work out. Uh, just did not work out. And um, I, you know, maybe they're weary. Maybe they're weary of um, how how safe is really Christian. And, you know, they, they're worried. They're worried. Maybe sometimes the, the risk is too great that it's not worth the reward in their eyes. You know, they're, they're weird with, like, certain um, wrestlers. Uh, like, WWE's weird with, like, like, like Mickey James. You know, weird with, you know, they were weird with guys like Axel and... Um, Weird with guys like even the, the 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 revival now and um, you know the Hardy Boys. So there was seems to be like some type of like where it's so like yeah, there's something sometimes with these relationships where as much as um, there is value to these guys in our eyes, the WWE kind of sees like. You know, that they've got the most out of them. And it's weird. Uh, it's weird. It, 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 it's especially a guy that has been, you know, pr prominently featured on panels and stuff like that in Christian. That they would not even try to kind of, you know, maybe meet him halfway. Or, you know, again, we don't know the exact details, but... um. What can you say? What can you say? So that uh, broke uh, as well as far as WWE. And, and I think Christian, you know, um, uh, he will do good. Um, he will do good. I, I don't really get, I don't really like why they automatically throw him into the title picture after not wrestling for years except for one match and it kind of already makes it predictable if he's you know who's winning uh and i don't think christian has no chance honestly um i don't think he's gonna embarrass himself um because he's uh kind of definitely just from listening to their podcasts and um his interviews he has a mind for wrestling and he's a good storyteller now and he knows his body more than we do so um happy for christian that he is able to kind of uh relive his uh dream and kind of end his career on his terms now as we take a short break here um 
Let me run a clip here for you guys. Uh, wrestling related. Let's see if we can find something here for you. There we go. This is from Clean Pen. And I do welcome uh, you guys to leave me your, your comment, your thoughts, and um, your questions down below. Um, let's go old school here. Well, let's see. All right, we're going to talk about some old school, some Paul Roma. We'll be right back. <laughs> Underrated Paul Roma. Roma began working his earliest matches for the WWF in December of '84. He had the most, uh, he had almost everything a promoter could want in a talent. He was tall, handsome, muscular, physique, and athletic, talented, hardworking, charismatic, and instantly popular with live crowds. The two things he lacked were experience and reputation. The WWF figured that he could gain both of those through time. As was with tradition, Roma worked a preliminary talent before he was offered a formal contract. He was often booked to win against other preliminary talents and jobbers, but took losses against established talents. He began to push an attack team with S.D. Jones to ready him for television in early 87. He was Oh, sorry guys, Paul Roma here. What happened to Paul Roma? One second, guys. Oh, Paul Roma, come on. Boy, sometimes the internet does stink, don't it? Let's see. 
awkward. Let's see here. Oh, dead air, dead air. Sorry, podcast audio form, video form. You guys are probably laughing. Audio version here, I'm sorry. It's literally, this is buffering now. Let's see. Give you guys another video. How about talking about Sting signing with AEW? Are you excited? Hopefully that works. Oh man. Let's see. No, that is not going to work. Okay, guess I wasn't meant to have a, a break here. We'll continue. Because I'm a professional podcaster. What I do. By the way, do hit the like and subscribe button here on YouTube. It means a lot to me. Uh, from the Bleachers Sports Show. So... You know, we had Christian uh, appear on that uh, pay-per-view for AEW. You know, middle, later on in the night. And then the grand finale. Uh, we had the, uh, the Moxley, um, Kenny Omega brawl. Somehow, um, the fan, the suspension of disbelief, the announcers were pushing, kind of, kind of stirring the pot, keeping it going, saying that, you know, if both wrestlers are not out of the ring by uh, X amount of time, that the ring was going to explode. Right, so naturally, uh, and, and the intention, the intention was good. Uh, just the execution is what kind of uh, was not good. Now, I, wa I want to give you my thoughts on it. Uh, so obviously, what we know what happened, the ring was going to explode, explode if the guys did not leave the ring by a certain period of time. Approaching the final countdown, and the only guy that's left in the ring is John Moxley. You have the countdown going. Eddie Kingston, who was at odds with uh, John Moxley, is now in the ring, and and Eddie Kingston winds up jumping on John Moxley, trying to save him or, or protect him, because Moxley is too knocked out from taking a beating to stand up, and the ring is now going to explode. 
So you have five, four, three, two, one. And that was supposed to be this big finale. And unfortunately, what happened with the pyro, it was literally a dud. It was the equivalent of holding one of those um, sparklers on the 4th of July. That was your explosion, the sparklers. And Eddie Kingston is still laying on uh, Moxley because he was expecting, as was everyone else, a big blast. But instead, you get the equivalent of sparklers on 4th of July. So now what do you do? Eddie Kingston is still selling this as if he got blown up. As if he got blown away. But it was embarrassing. Uh, it was really embarrassing. And Eddie Kingston, consummate professional, was selling it, but it made it made Kingston and Moxley look like complete idiots. At that point, some audible should have been called where. Now, instead of some some audible sort of been called where you have someone coming down the ring and explaining or kind of putting a twist on exactly what just happened. And I know this is all hindsight because pay-per-view happened a week ago already. But they could have said, Someone could have came out. Someone could have said, hey, listen, you guys are a fools. Look at you in the middle of the ring thinking that uh, the ring was going to explode. I played mind games on you and I won. You guys are silly. Get out of the ring before you embarrass yourselves even further. Something like that could have come out, been done, and audible on the fly to kind of correct the situation which... You know, major major guys look like fools, and I feel bad for Eddie Kingston because he was he looked like a complete buffoon uh, selling the uh, the sparklers, but you know he 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 went through with it and a consummate pro professional. But I feel bad for Eddie Kingston because that was his. That was going to be his big uh, turning face type of a moment, and it was ruined. And you know they they did um, in you know in, in the weeks since. Um, they did as far as um, and, and Kingston is going to be a good fa uh, good face. Um, it's going to be a very good face because he he has a real his promo is real. It's a real promo. Uh, he's probably, if not one of the best promo talkers um, in the company. He is definitely the most realist promo uh, talker. Most real. His promos are real and uh, they're. 
they're definitely an extension of himself. So Kingston being a uh, face uh, is a good thing moving forward. And by God, thank goodness for for getting. And I never got that combination. I never got with them. Thank goodness they got Kingston away from um, the Butcher, the Bunny, and the Blade. I never understood that damn pairing uh, to begin with. Um, but yeah, Kingston is going to be a good. Um, it's going to be a good face. Um, and as we are approaching here at forty-five minutes, we still have a good couple of minutes here left to dive into uh, matters here. Um, again, guys, any any questions, any comments that you have. Uh, maybe you would like to see my wife in a future video here because she is a big wrestling fan as well. Uh, we could hear a woman's perspective on wrestling, which I think uh, I think everyone uh, would would like to hear. Um, you know, questions come, and, and of course uh, we do uh, we do cover wrestling throughout the week. There are I like to uh, usually post some old school. Um, wrestling videos as well um throughout the week but you know yeah i i felt bad for uh eddie kingston because that was his big coming face moment and it kind of looked like a buffoon uh and kingston and moxley and, and you know since that pay-per-view kind of explained it um you know what happened and why he did it and it, it made sense listen um, you know, they, they, they blamed that, you know, they were making fun of the bomb not going off. Uh, they thought that probably impact made it. Um, you know, Kingston was saying that, um, um, he, he, he kind of, he, he did what he did because he was, um, you know, uh, because something, something, I think he said it was traumatized or when he was younger by certain They tried to make the, the, the best out of a absolute horrible, horrible situation. And, uh, and, uh, and I like um, Moxley is a good promo. Good promo, definitely. Um, and I think him and Kingston together are going to be a, a good tandem good that they feed well off of each other and you could tell that they uh genuinely like each other they've been friends for uh, quite some time so it was horrible <laughs> yeah you know they they there should have been something done on the fly but you know kingston and moxley have kind of tried their best to kind of uh back out of that horrible um ending of of a, of a pay-per-view AEW news as well um by the way as you could see the uh the macho man shirt um AEW another faction here for another faction and this is um pinnacle now uh, they they call themselves Pinnacle, uh, where you have FTR. You're gonna have um, 
Tali Blanchard, uh, you're going to have Sean Spears, um, you have the big guy, Warlow, and then, um, you know, there you go, and you have MJF. Dressed as um, dressed as a million bucks, dressed as a million bucks. Um, MJF a damn good promo, as as we all know. Um, uh, kind of, he he sold you know he sold everyone in the group. Even Spears, who hasn't had the best of uh, luck, uh, definitely sold the hell out of Warlow, FDR, Tully Blanchard. Now, by the way, Pinnacle, okay, you are the Pinnacle. But as far as um, <laughs> self-tanners, listen, if MGF, if you are the pinnacle, then you should have someone to spray t to do your, your fake tan for you. Because that was the only thing I could look at was um, MJF's um, terrible, uh, terrible... Um, just terrible, um, self-tan. I don't know what was going on, but, you know, that looked, that looked absolutely horrible. Now, um, you know. Um, well, one thing I, I, I just hope, um, you know, that that's four or five, you, you hope that you have to, right now in Pinnacle, there's a great number of guys, um, you just have to be cautious that you're not, um, you know, hiring, you know, um, too many, um, people. Hold on for me one second here. Second here. I want to get into uh, a few other things. Fastlane. Welcome to another edition of uh, From the Bleachers Sports Show. It's me, your buddy, and your pal, Tom, and I beg you and employ you to hit the do, like button um, and subscribe button. Take a quick break here. Notification bell. Here's an it old video. A lot to me. Uh, rest kind in of, peace. Uh, 
a good character. And then you had uh, the question mark, which, uh, you know, uh, very, very generic, like kind of uh, like a creative pro wrestler. Um, very generic look at, a, you know, had the tights, was under a mask um, and was the sensei of Mongrovian karate, I believe. Which I'll be honest, and he was prepared with um, Aaron Stevens, Shooter Stevens, uh, and you know, the, with the Mongrovian car uh, karate, and you know, with the question mark. You know, I wasn't so much um, a big fan of that. Um, now the question mark was funny because all he would do basically is like grunt, but you know, I wasn't like a, a big fan of that pairing that character uh but you know it's 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 not for everyone uh but that josephus character uh josephus rather josephus character amazing um rest in peace uh to a a great um great wrestler rest in peace to uh, mr hudson All right. Again, you can find all that on uh, YouTube.com as well. Uh, and we're back. Um, do want to get into a little bit of Andrade, but I have to bid um, bid the uh, video port uh, the audio portion. Of clean pin uh, adieu. So, guys, again, thank you for listening. Um, on the audio side, video side, do stick with me, and then we'll kind of finish and wrap this up. Um, but again, guys, uh, on the audio side, youtube.com. From the Bleachers Sports Show. Clean pin. This has been clean pin. Thank you so much for your time. I hope all is well.